Great to be with you this morning. If you've seen, if you know my face, it's probably because I've been here before uh, over the years. I've been the Gideons for 43 years. It's a hang of a long time, and I've been here a few times as a result of that. Could also just remind you, and I'll leave this card. Saturday, the 13th of April, 13th of April, down at Ebenezer Evangelical Church, where I worship, and I'll leave this for Ken to put up on the board so you can remember to come. It's an open night, a social night, just to tell you about the Gideons, as, as Duncan has done, and also just to have a, a good, well-known speaker along, and also, of course, the singers as well. And you get your supper, and it's all free. You don't give many things free nowadays, isn't you? Let's read the Word of God together. It's found in James chapter 4. James chapter 4. In verse 13, I'm reading from the NIV, and the heading there says, Boasting about tomorrow. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, we'll spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why you do not know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. And I'm sure even reading God's Word together, is a blessing to our hearts. A pastor went to the doctor complaining about his wife snoring. Does it really annoy you that much? The doctor said to the pastor, well, you know, it's not just me, it's the rest of the congregation. <laughs> Hope that'll not be the case today. Book of James is a marvelous little book. It's only got 108 verses in it, but the practical instructions, it's full of them. And of course, James is not an apostle of the Lord Jesus, but he was a brother of the Lord. And tradition teaches that he would not renounce the Savior, and he died a martyr's death. History tells us that he was actually flung from the temple and killed, but his writings are preserved for us today in the Holy Scriptures, and he gives, gives us great advice to listen to and to take from it, to live a well-ordered life, to watch your tongue as we're speaking about to the kids, about our faith and our deeds that are justified by our works, the need for prayer in our everyday daily life, and also the seven downward steps of humility. So it's a book full of instruction for us. But however, I want us today just to look at this little chapter that we read and 
James chapter 4. And I want just to leave a question with you today in that. And it's there in verse 14 at the bottom. What is your life? People ask questions today. You know, it's in my day, you had to be seen and not heard if you were a youngster. If folk had come in, visitors come into the house for tea, it was FHB, family hold back. Don't you dare ask for that cake, it's lit, sitting there. And if you did, you knew all about it once your, mom, once your folks went away. They really got you there. Woe be tidy if you tried to do that. But nowadays, they say youngsters seem to get the first choice. Youngsters seem to be the ones that just ask the questions and get it. A lot's indeed changed, and sometimes it's not to the better either. But of course, they're encouraged to ask questions because they want to get to know what the answers are to these questions. You ask school children and students today at school, they're asking questions, and the teacher's asking these questions in the hope that they'll be able to understand what the answer is. Not because the teacher doesn't know, but they want the children to, to know. So when they're sitting exams today, it's all about questions and answers to these questions. And the Bible asks a lot of questions. A wonderful thing is that not only do they ask the questions, but the Bible gives answers to the questions. And here James in this small book asks this very important question, what is your life? You know, the older I get, the more I appreciate how quick the life seems to be passing by. Here we are in the second month of the year already. It's flying by. Is it because we're getting older? Not really. Ask youngster today, and they'll tell you too that time seems to be passing on so quickly. And so James reminds us that what life is, he's telling us here it's just like a vapor. You put water in the kettle, you boil the kettle up, and up comes this hot vapor, this mist. And it says here for Rabbi Burns, like a snowflake on a river, a moment here, then gone forever. Life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf. And so what we try and do in our life is that we carry on living here and with the breath that we've given. But one of the things we can't do is turn back the clock. One of the little things I can use uh, to the children is a clock that goes backwards to try and impress on them that that doesn't happen. But my son got a clock as a present, a gimmick. And the time went back instead of going forward. It was the right time. Try and understand that, but it worked. But we can't do that. Our words and our actions is all for real. This life is for real. It's not a rehearsal. We're living the life right now. This is the only life we've got, and we've got to live it for the best that we can do. It's real. We have this future in front of us, and we can live it to the best of our ability. But our past life has gone. Yesterday has gone forever. And so it's good to look back, yes, and remind of ourselves and remiss of our happy times in our life. And because of that, we've got this great memory within our life which allows us to do that. And we can also see what we've done wrong, our faults, and we try, try and rectify them for the future in order we can live a better life. And James says the length of our life is so uncertain. It's just like a mist. And we need to redeem it. It's precious, or it should be precious to us. 
and we should use it to the very best of our ability. And so I'm asking you the question today, what is your life? How are you living your life? How are you spending it? Is it in His will, as James says here? Are we doing it and spending it properly? Or are we squandering our life? Are we wasting our life with no aim, no purpose in it? As we go through life, we just drift through us. God gave us this day. This is a day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice and we should enjoy it to the best of our ability and make the best use of it. An unknown poem wrote this, Time that has passed you can never recall of time to come you're not sure of aught at all. Only present is now in your power. Therefore, redeem it and improve every hour. There's a lot of people who do good in this life. They don't need to be Christians to do good, but they're willing to help other people. They're able to assist whenever they can and people they come in contact with, and they do good deeds. But there are many Christians who also do good deeds. There are people who's a church leader. They're in service of the Lord. They're elders, they're deacons, they're pastors, they're Sunday school teachers, they're youth leaders, they're ministers. But what about us? What, in fact, if we come personally to you today, what about your life? How have you been living for the Lord? But people will say, well, here I am at church. I've been a good, I'm quite respectable. I'm ordinary. I'm upright. I'm moral. I obey the law. I'm respectable. But does your life count for anything for God? Is there a meaning in your life? Because I think there are other people who live defeated lives, and they don't need to do that. But they've no captain at the helm. They've got nobody who's helping them, controlling them, guiding them through this life. And there are storms that life can bring, and we can get that overcome because we need to live our life wisely. And so I want to put your life today into three categories. Now, it might be a wee while since you've been at school, but there was always three hours at school. So let's put you back there and enjoy that arithmetic you used to have or used to love. No? No. I didn't think so. So your first sign that we always learned was a minus, a negative. A negative. We always had to learn that at school. I wonder if you are one of these people that live one of these lives that seems to be always full of bad luck. No matter what you do, it doesn't seem to be simple. There's always the complications in your life. There are folk, in fact, I know one, friendly with one, who is one of these guys that wants to do it himself. He won't get a tradesman in if he can do it himself. And you know something? You'd have been better getting a tradesman in the first place because the complications and the problems, and it costs them more at the end. It's a disaster. Now, I know that no two, through, two people do the same thing the same way. But there are folk, aren't they, who seem to get tangled up and complicated with everyday simple things of life. It becomes a big problem. But you know, as we take life at a whole, it could become a problem. But we don't do that. God has given us the grace to live it a day at a time, and we should do that. So what about your life? Is it a negative because you've never become a Christian? Is it possible that you're here today within this church and you've never believed in the Lord Jesus as your Savior? 
We can tell the little children how to do it. And it's the same simple message that goes out to adults as well. The need to live a life which is right. And as we look at the Bible, we see there people who lived respectable lives, rich people, successful lives, and yet they never trusted in the Lord Jesus eventually. People like Felix and the rich man in the Bible and the Gospels and Agrippa and Acts, almost, almost, but not enough to become a Christian. Now, when I was at school, and that was a hang of a long time ago, minus, uh, negative meant minus, you take something away. That's what it, mean, it meant. And it's the same with our life. And perhaps we need to take our, our pride away. We think we're too good. We can just live this life, go through life and go to church and obeying what we think is the commandments, and that's all that matters. But you know, we should really realize that this is a free gift that God has given to us, and we deserve it. But it hasn't cost us anything because the price has been paid. God has given us His Son, and He died in order that we can live. And we need to accept that for ourselves. We need to respond to that. We need to realize that it's as simple as A, B, C, but we need to come and accept and believe and come to Him today. If you've not come, if you haven't accepted Him, then we ask you to look at it today and realize that this life that we're living in today is that we need to have the Savior. But you might say, well, I'm just an ordinary person. I just live my life the way I am. I'm Mr. and Mrs. Average. I live a normal, everyday type of life. So we'll give you an equal sign, because you're as equal as anyone else within the church here today. You get through life, nothing special, live an ordinary life, do the best, get through life as, as, as best as you can, and you're sincere in your outlook. But you know you can be sincerely wrong. A couple of years ago, we decided to go a holiday, so I put the car in, booked the car in to the car park in Edinburgh, went away through there to check in. When we got to the checkout, it looked awful quiet. I said, well, okay, we, we came early to get in quite, quite quickly as we could. And eventually we got a hold of a customer service person and asked, here's my, our booking cars to go away on holiday. And they looked at, at it and said, well, sir, your reason why you're nobody here is that you should be coming, leaving from Glasgow. Right, okay. I looked at my wife, and my wife was steamboats. <laughs> How on earth are we going to get from Edinburgh to Glasgow in the time to get checked in? But the Lord provided a good uh, taxi and got us there. You see, I was sincerely right. I was going my holidays, and I'd booked a car into Edinburgh, and of course I had to lie there till we come home. And, but it was the wrong place, the wrong place. Sincerely right, wasn't I? Sincerely wrong, you were. And you know, nowhere in this book do I read of anyone who can sit on the fence. We're either on one side or the other. In fact, if we sit on the fence, watch out. You might fall off. Right through life, we're constantly making decisions. Sometimes we don't have to think too much about it. What pair of shoes will I wear today? Or what do I want for my breakfast? The things I can do in our life. Right or long, wrong. You can be sincere. Yes or no. This or that. Decisions we make in our life. Heaven or hell? Now that's a decision. That's a spiritual decision. Where we're going to spend the rest of our life once we die. I'm sure Nicodemus 
thought he was as good as anybody else. He was an equal guy. He, in fact, he was even better. He knew the law. And yet Jesus had to speak to him that day and tell him, you must, you must be born again. And that word has never changed. It's still the same message today. And yet we need to have it today. How often do we hear words and we think it's enough for us? Yes, there are people in the Bible who thought they were as good as or equal to anybody else. And you know this morning we need to get it right today, friend. If we don't, we'll be left. The Bible says that there is only one person who is the best. And the best person is only a person at the best. The heart of the problem is the problem of man's heart today. And if we say we're as equal as the other person or as good as the other person, then we're just as guilty as the people who have negative lives. We're no any better at all. We need to be changed in the same way. And we don't want to waste the rest of our life. We want to have the best in our life and everything that we do. So we need to be changed. And in humility, ask for God's forgiveness. You know, it doesn't matter whether we fall into a pool which is seven inches or seven feet. We can still drown if we fall the wrong way. And so we need to come to the provision that God has made in the person of Jesus Christ for new life. For he says, I am the way. And so we put our life, or we should put our life, into his. And that brings us, of course, to the final sign. It's not an equal. It's not a minus. But it is a plus. And we add something to our life. Not a cult. Not a religion. Not a practice, but we add a person. We don't need to do anything because he has done it for us. We don't need to work on it because he's clearly given us his son. The little hymn says, he came. They call him, he comes to us through Jesus. He came to save, to heal, and forgive. And we need to accept today that yes, we need to be changed we need to be saved from the life that we're living to the life that we have today. And it can only happen through the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember when they were in that boat with Peter and the disciples and there were the, the water come up and Peter said, there's the Lord coming to us and he jumped in. And we read there that the waves were wild but he started to walk towards the Jesus and then he realized what he had done. The, the typical Peter, the impetuous one, and he jumped in and then he started to fall. What did he say? Did he shout to the disciples in the boat? Did he, did he shout to the waves? No, Lord, save me. Three simple words. And only the Lord could do it. And he was the one who stretched his hand. And as we look at it spiritually today, it's the same with us. If we have not got the plus sign, we're drowning. And we can drown in our own good works and our own life that we live. We don't want to take our eyes off the Lord. And what a better place could we be and a better time today when we're in God's holy church and we're reading from God's holy book and we can listen to the Word and we can reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. I wonder this morning, what is your life, folks? Now, you must answer it. Because you're the only one that knows, and God knows your heart. And He knows where you stand before Him today. There is someone 
who can do something for you, someone who can change your life into a plus, who can lead you and guide you in every aspect of your life. Little poem says, He does not lead me year by year or even day by day, but step by step my path unfolds. My Lord, He knows the way. What better time and what better way today than you come to the one who can give you the plus sign? And that's not the Gideons, and that's not me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. So you have to add Him to your life, and He'll make you a new person today. We know because we've seen people changed by this Word and by listening to the Word of God. A life which can have meaning, a life which can have purpose, and it can come to you if you indeed take it for yourself. But you know, there is another sign. There is a sign of His coming. For we're told that we can look for that coming. For Paul himself says in chapter 4 of Thessalonians, the Lord will come for us and take us to be with Him. That's a sign. And the older we get, we look forward to it even more. Inside Chester Cathedral stands a clock, and on that door the reverse appears. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When as a youth I dreamed and talked, time walked. But when I became a full-grown man, time ran. And later as I older grew, and that's me, time flew. Soon I shall find myself traveling on, time gone. What about you? Will Christ have saved your soul by then? Well, you have this great assurance today. You have got this hope today. Then why not at this meeting? Why not at this service? Why not within this church today? Realize there is only one sign that you should have. It's the sign of the Lord Jesus Himself saying to you, come to me. I indeed can give you rest. May the Lord bless His Word to you, and may you leave here today knowing that you have this great assurance of not only knowing the Lord Jesus, but of a home in heaven where you'll spend it for eternity with Him. Thank you again.